Dave Fanning on 2FM. Well, let's start off here with Linda. Linda, are you all right? How's I'm it going? I'm grand, Dave. How are you? I'm very good indeed, but this is going to be a difficult one because if ever I heard of a visual item and this is radio, this is it. So you're on your own here. <laughs> uh, senior lecturer in design and visual culture at IADT, Linda King it is. And what's she here talking about that's so visual? Album covers. So when we take, first of all, can I just ask the first obvious question about album covers? Do they mean a damn thing anymore? <laughs> Well, I have an 18-year-old who got a turntable for his 18th yeah, birthday. Yeah, OK. All right, hold on a second. <laughs> Stop. I, I walked into that. OK, the people buying, buying vinyl, I get it. But in general, I mean, don't forget, like the picture that says who you are now is mm. like a postage stamp on the main mm. thing in terms of Spotify or anything else. And you really have to try and get that right, but mm. small and all this. But I mean, actual album sleeves, they don't really... It's not. It's not like the golden era of because it's well, gone. Yeah, I think. I think the golden era was the seventies and eighties, yeah. and maybe into the nineties as well, just before the CDs Absolutely. were introduced. But yeah. I think, you know, the seventies introduced the idea of um, being able to visually articulate the concept of the album. Yeah. Through particularly if you had a gatefold sleeve and you could fold it out, and there was loads of extra information, and maybe if you were lucky, there was even, um, you know, there was even a sleeve that had lyrics printed on it. In, in you know, in, in, inside. Yeah. The the album itself so it gave you a, a much greater insight into the artists what they were trying to do um with with the with the work so um yeah i mean i i think you're right dave because like now i mean the album cover is a large format and everything was designed around that and then yeah. it got shrank for or shrunk for the for the cd in the 1990s and now we're down to tiny to tiny the, little to sizes the postage on our stamp that i mentioned now the yeah. gate the gatefold sleeves for those who weren't even there, like they were the most important thing. They expanded the whole thing, didn't they? Yeah, and when you bought the album that you'd saved up hard for your pocket money yeah. and you found out there was a gatefold sleeve, I mean, that was like just hitting the jackpot, you know? <laughs> it just gave you all sorts of other possibilities. And, mm. I, and I think, you know, the way we listened to music uh, through vinyl was, you know, because you sat down and you put on the album and there was maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes per side, and you sat down and you looked at the album art. You were kind of invested in it and you poured over it. So very, very different listening experience. Yeah, now there is a resurgence of vinyl. I know mm. that and absolutely. And that does help with what we're talking about here. But let's take a look, just a few bits and pieces then. Um, like, I presume, I'm not, I was hoping not to use the word iconic, but here it goes. <laughs> but there's bound to, is, is that what you have? A list of iconic ones, is it? Yeah, I mean, album art, <clears throat> you know, does, does design work for album covers? <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, it, like, it, it's just, it's just enormous. So I, I've just picked a few kind of classic moments to maybe... Well, let's uh, get the history talk. first of all. Like the long playing record, that whole big yoke that I'm talking about, the LP, if you like. Mm. Uh, the, when was that introduced? 1948 by Columbia Records. Right. So it facilitated the fact that you could play 30 minutes of music per side of vinyl. So that meant that artists for the first time, rather than just doing singles, could link a suite of music um, yeah. together. And I think where, you, you know, that the first real landmark of, of, of trying to visualise what the music meant was with Blue Note Records in the 1950s and 1960s in the States. So they were concept albums that reflected the experience of listening to real yeah, jazz really music. Yeah, really cool stuff. Statement yeah, and, and at a time yeah. when you know most of the artists were African American, and in the 1950s and 1960s there was very very little visual representation of that demographic in the states. So mm. it really elevated or gave confidence to a demographic in, in in the states that had been underrepresented. So if you look at you know classic albums by Thelonious Monk or Miles Davis or Lee Morgan, they're really stark modernist graphics with an emphasis on photography. Yeah, we used to have them. My older brother got all of those things. Thelonious beautiful. Monk and Black. 
Blossom Deary and all these people. So um, gorgeous. I, I, I presume when we get to the 60s, what are we looking at? I mean, like, in fact, some of these people reproduced all that stuff, didn't they? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sure, I don't know if you're going to have The Clash, uh, London Calling in there, but if you do, it's directly 100% stolen from Elvis Presley. Presley, yeah. yeah. I thought about it. I didn't yeah. bring it in, yeah. in in my bunch of props. Yeah, she actually brought in the props. You. So visually, myself, <laughs> myself and Linda are doing fine. <laughs> Wait, waving them around in front of yeah. each other, the albums. Um, yeah, well, you can see the influence of Blue Note Records in something like Meet the Beatles from right. 1964. So that very, you know, stark and um, atmospheric black and white photography with with, um, you know, um, modernist um, typography or, or, or graphic design or with Elvis Costello's Almost Blue in 1981, which is um, is, oh, is a version yeah. of a Kenny Burrell album. So that. is it? All right. OK, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. So it t- tends to be, I think, a lot of artists reference Blue Note as kind of being in the know. Yeah, it's, or it's, being cool. Yeah, being yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So listen, let's get going then on some album covers and 51552 with your own as well. Um, Where are you starting? Well, I thought for the week that was in it, we might look at Rumours, which is an iconic album cover. Yeah, I tell you, it's really funny about that album cover. Okay, that sleeps with Mac and Christine McVie died this week, etc. But um, I hate that album cover. (laughs) Well, it's a bit bonkers. First of all, there's five of them in the band. There's two of them on the cover. Yeah. And and there's supposed to be no leader as such. Yeah, and they're dressed in kind of... um, uh, Stevie Nicks and McFleetwood are dressed in quasi... Ballet, ballet costumes looking into a crystal ball. God only knows what that was that was about. But on the reverse, it shows the band. Uh, there's, I think there's four or five. Um, you have it there beside you, Dave, if you want yeah, to wave it around. It's okay. Yeah, in fact, speaking of waving it around, there's something I always wanted to know. Maybe you could tell me. This is going to be a very delicate question, but here goes. Mick Fleetwood, what's that between his legs? It... It is a <laughs> Sorry, but look, 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 just look at I it. I might get into trouble now trying to explain that. Who knows? I've <laughs> no idea. Yeah, but something interesting I. dangling there. But um but on the reverse of the album, it looks like they're having a great time. And of course they're all killing each other at that stage and yeah. they were having affairs all well, all over the place Mick and looks marriages are related Positively demented and Stevie looks <laughs> sexy beyond reason, yeah. And Christina's looking the other way. Yeah. It's the ultimate breakup album. That's yeah. that's uh, Christine, for sure. yeah. It really yeah. is. I would have made a famous isn't this this is the one that sold forty five million or something. Yeah. Rumors, yeah. And still going strong. Yeah. If I remember rightly the one before before that, which also sold millions, um, had a pretty awful cover on it too, but I can't remember it exactly. I mean, just called Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. The first with these guys in it, Lindsay Buckingham and um, Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I think, the, I think the typography was the same, but I can't right. remember the visual. But well, That's um, another thing, the typography being like, you know, the brand of a band or from Oasis yeah. right back to anybody else, you know, that they appear all the time. Anyway, go on, tell us what else you have. Oh, sorry, what's so good? Is, is that why you picked that? Because the week that's in it. All right, yeah, Jeff, yeah, I thought it, might, thought yeah. it might be, you yeah. know, worth, right. worth mentioning. Give us a few other classics from that time. Um, 1970s. Well, I suppose Patty Smith horses photography by um, Robert Mapplethorpe. So yeah, you know that that was an attempt to capture the personality of Patty Smith and and the spirit of her music. And and herself and Mapplethorpe were lovers and friends over a period of time. And it it really captures that sense of androgyny that they both um you know played with. And um, but also I think it's it's very it it's it's kind of visually representative of the kind of music coming out of New York at the time. So yeah. that shift into punk and um, I suppose punk, I always think of punk in New York as being very personality, individual 
individual personality, you know, very often it was led by individual personalities, but Patti Smith would have been one of those. So Horses from 1975 would have been, you know, two years before um, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great cover, uh, the, the Patti Smith one, no doubt about mm. it, but because I've been told so often how iconic it mm. is, I have mm. to say, oh yes, it's fantastic. I'm sure it is, yeah. I to me, it's a picture of Patty. <laughs> yeah, but I think we've come to accept Patty as this un- unusual character. But yeah. back in 1975, that was the most unusual way of yeah. a woman to be represented yeah. it's good in the music that helps. Um, yeah. industry. And um, but also in around the same time, uh, the Ramones, the Ramones, the first album, yeah. 1976, also in New York, yeah, also in New York. Uh, photo by Roberta Bailey, and I mean, I love this album cover because it's it's just the template for a million bands. Yeah, you have it there on CD. No, don't you, you have oh, it over there. You're stockpiling them there, Dave. You have them all there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, the leather jackets, the torn jeans, lo- looking so yeah. surly that they oh, might yeah. punch the head off you yeah, if you went yeah, near them. Yeah. Um, and again, really capturing that spirit um, of New York. But the other thing I love about that album cover is, you know, Tommy Ramone was really short. Joey Ramone is really tall. Yeah. Tommy's on his tiptoes trying to look tall. Joey's hunched over trying to look a bit smaller. Yeah. So it's trying to give, I suppose, equal emphasis to the band, yeah. even though they were... You know. <laughs> Funny, uh, what do you call it? Gary Roberts from the Boomtown Rats who died recently mm. um, and uh, the, his headstone in his grave it just says uh, something like a one-man Ramon. Which is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. The Ramones—that's the first album you're talking about. The yeah. first album. The second album they were on the cover again. It was kind of blue and white. Now, even though it's the best of their albums, I think the cover of it doesn't do an awful lot. Yeah, and I think well, most of their albums were them on on, on, yeah, on the were. cover, and that's yeah. the default for album covers: is to put the the image of the band or the artist on the cover, and yeah. you know that makes sense. And when we're talking about scale, if you think about it, that can reduce down to a small scale and be easily identifiable. Whereas something that's very detailed and in trick it can't well you're not trying to tell me that they thought about that like no. back in the 70s <laughs> that they knew it was only going to be a postage stamp no definitely and, not <laughs> and streaming <laughs> came along yeah definitely not yeah. and just a little bit um, before that would have been and we've talked about this before Dave on a, on a slot with Andy Warhol but um, you, you know his album covers for the Velvet Underground and the Rolling Stones yeah. Sticky Fingers you know again iconic um, yeah. album covers yeah. um, interactive you know you could pull down the zip you could peel back the banana yeah um, but also, I think, you know, with, with the Andy Warhol um, album cover with, with Patti Smith, with Ramones, ahead of their time in terms of thinking about merchandise as well, because those images are very easy to re- reproduce and very iconic right. when it comes to T-shirts and button badges. And, and they were thinking of that at the time. Uh, probably not. <laughs> well, maybe Andy was, yeah. Maybe Andy probably yeah, was, actually. Yeah, Andy was usually a couple of decades ahead yeah, of everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, so moving into the 80s, album covers become more consciously designed. Can I say that? Yeah, I mean, I think the eighties was the great was the great era um, of the, of the album cover. I mean, um, and the one that I've just I've brought in a few from the eighties, but one that you'll be very familiar with, Dave, is U 2s boy. Yeah. Now you can write the script on. Well, this. no, I can't. I mean, like that's Peter <laughs> Rowan, as we know. Steve Avril, of course, does all this as well, and uh, it's just it's very different. Yeah, and it was very different um, at at the time, and you know, from memory, there was controversy in the states because it yes, was this naked course, yeah. um, uh, young young child on on. on yeah, male, and there was a naked young female uh, on the cover of one of my favourite albums of all time by Blind Faith, called Blind Faith, and that got into like ridiculous cover. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous bad vibes altogether. But I think it had to be. Did, was it packaged in in, in brown paper? Probably, or yeah. Sometimes albums were actually, which I yeah. thought was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> I used to love that. <laughs> but it's a really great. I mean, it's. I, I, think I mean, it's these kind of things. Yeah. I would judge a guy in school with whatever album he had, and if he had it in a brown thing, I wanted to know what it was. The minute he took it out, I'd say, yeah, he's cool or not cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you put the logos on your school bag as oh, well. You do the logo. 
focus onto your school bag. Sake, yeah, yeah, it was it was really so important. So once the badges came in with punk, jeepers. <laughs> okay, so go on. You're saying that, so that's you too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, as you say, Peter Av- Avril designed um, the album cover. That the name of the photographer escapes me at the moment, but also I think there's a there's a connection to IEDT where I currently work that I think some Is of the photography that was taken. Yeah, 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 in the old school of art and Dunleary. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I think well, some right, of the photography indeed, yeah. um, went on there, but I could be I could be mistaken. Yeah. By the way, that. we are talking to Linda King, senior lecturer in design and visual culture at Deliri Institute of Art and Design, the IADT. Okay, so um, where are we going with this? Um, well, getting into the 80s. Now, I went, I went to art school in the 80s and into the 90s and that was, you know, everybody wanted to design album covers and it, and yeah. it was a, it largely to do with two, I think, really two characters, Peter Saville designing right. for Factory Records yeah. and uh, Vaughan Oliver designing for 4AD and, and they were just, there was so much money poured into those albums and they were so beautiful that everybody just wants and to the use. pulsar radio waves of Joy Division I mean like it's yeah. uh, you can still buy new t-shirts with that on it no problem yeah I yeah. mean if you th- if you think of yeah Unknown Pleasures I mean it is one of the greatest album covers of all time and so prophetic I mean as you say the graphic of, of radio emissions but given out by a dying star and Ian Curtis obviously, um, you know, lived a lived a very uh, short uh, short time. And apparently, Peter um, Hook found this image in a science book, and Peter Saville then used it um, for for the album cover. So Peter Saville was really good at taking images from other sources and um, putting them in a different context and changing the meaning and making all sorts of, you know, encouraging us to make all sorts of interesting um, links. But And a lot of his image imagery was um, that he used was borrowed from art history did, and did, painting. Did Arctic Monkeys steal a lot of this? Well, I think art, if you look at Arctic Monkeys' um, album AM, I mean, it, they're visualising a wave of music graphically yeah. and it's black on a white background, which is quite similar to Unknown Pleasures. Makes a great T-shirt and also very easy to see on your Spotify playlist when reduced down small. So I think that's uh, that's actually quite quite a clever design. OK, I'm going to play, I mean, I can't show you the things, but at least I can play a bit of stuff okay. to remind you. And I'm pretty damn sure you're going to mention the next of Joy Division, i.e. New Order. <laughs> Special about Factory, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Factory is just, uh, I mean, it's such a fascinating story. I mean, they lost money hand over fist under Tony Wilson's direction. Um, And also uh, they lost a huge amount of money on on the album cover and packaging or or 12 inch singles. In fact, there's a 12 inch there of Love Will Tear Us Apart. Um, And... Uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart and Closer both used um, oh, image, yeah. famous um, photography that was taken of, of um, monuments in a cemetery in uh, Genoa and those, those designs were put together before Ian Curtis's death so um, apparently you know, Peter Saville said when when Ian uh, Curtis had died, um, you know, we've a problem here. We've funerary imagery on on the um, mu- music that's that's coming out, the music package that's coming out. Um, but again, like really beautiful, very um, in tune with the music. Though Saville often said that he didn't listen to the music. I'm not sure how sure that you know how realistic that is. But he seemed to be very very in tune with what the band were, were trying to say, and the albums, um, the design of them are are exquisite. I think you've got. Uh, low there as well yeah. printed partly on tracing paper so you literally really? unwrapped it yeah. and it's printed in silver and you can see through bits of it they were designed to be tactile objects a bit like Andy Warhol's um, designs for Sticky Fingers and uh, Velvet Underground okay, listen, you've, you just, you've just mentioned over. Sticky Fingers now twice so I'll give you something from that okay. 
see the music inside has to be good as well uh, yeah it does really doesn't it like that's the first Ramones can't beat that Rolling Stones Brian Sugar can't beat that for Sticky Fingers so uh, it, it, can you have a bad album cover sorry can you have a good album cover with crap music <laughs> yeah, you can. I'm I'm tr- I'm struggling to think of one at the moment, yeah. but um, I mean, you I've, haven't mentioned all the Roger Dean stuff and the really out there stuff, you know. Oh yeah. From, oh, from oh, the, oh, that's because it doesn't appeal to you, right? From the seventies, yes. Yeah. You much more into the that. arty side, are you? Uh, no, I mean, I think I think you know, early stages, maybe you know, as as uh, you know, before art college, when I was maybe about. 10, 11, 12, you kind of poured over those kind of fantasy album covers like, um, you know, the the inside of Led Zeppelin 4 with the Well, the funny thing is them. that I've, I've been talking, I've been talking to somebody once before about this they had said like in the list of the best they have Led Zeppelin 1. Now I get it, it's, mm. it's the Zeppelin, but I mean like mm. the later Zeppelin covers, like mm. physical graffiti or something, yeah. or especially, what do you call the one with the Giant's Causeway? That one, number 4 or 5 or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. That and is, also, yeah. they were very good at not putting their name on the cover, which of course was a real cool statement. Yeah, like Peter Gabriel. He yeah. Never, he never called the album. I forgot, like his album's called Peter Gabriel. The next one's called Peter Gabriel. The next one's called Peter But if it's okay, can I bring you back to New Order for a minute? <laughs> to the stuff that you like. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, all, now, all about me. Yeah. The New Order was, 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 it was just a pot of flowers, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was actually a really, <laughs> this is a good story behind this. Oh. Um, so Power Corruption and Lies, 1983. So it was the first New Order album. So uh, Joy Division is no more after Ian Curtis's death. And um, uh, Savile puts, uh, fa- wants to put a Fantan Latour um, uh, Oh, of course. Sorry, it's not, it's not a bunch of flowers. It's Fantan Latour. Tour, yeah. I should have so known. It's a paint, very famous <laughs> painting from the National Gallery of course in London. It is. And he got into this dispute with the director of the National Gallery and uh, they I, I don't know, there was a problem about reproducing it. And then Tony Wilson very cleverly reminded the director that the collection in the National Gallery belonged to the people of Britain. So therefore he so was somewhat entitled to that's use it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that like, you know, it wasn't Blue Monday then, which was like classic as well. And all the rest of it, mm. every single time they produced a Blue Monday 12 inch, they oh, lost money. Yeah, the band lost money. Yeah. Huge amount of money. They were so, I mean, nobody was keeping an eye on the ball in factory yeah, records. No, and Peter no. Saville was, was able to do whatever he wanted yeah. without anybody kind of Overseen. You know, a little later, I mean, the 4AD stuff is another mm. kind of thing, isn't it? It's a factory of brilliance. Yeah. Um, I mean, 4AD, I, you know, it's interesting. There's, there's a look to all those albums. So whether you were the Pixie or yeah. the Cocteau's Twins, there's exactly. kind of a surrealist, surrealist kind of urethral, lots of layers, hand-rendered calligraphy, layering of images. Very, very atmospheric. And and I think I was thinking about this um, over the last few days. And, and if you think about the 1980s with people like Peter Greenaway, there was a lot of looking at kind of historicism. Peter Greenaway, the film director. Filmmaker, yeah, yeah and creating yeah. layers of images. The wife, the teeth, the cook and, and everything else. Yeah, yeah. and referring back. the draftsman's back, contract. Yeah, all of that. And, yeah. and just, you know, there was sort of a, a real beauty in the imagery and lots of layers yeah. to it. But um, but the Pixie album covers, I mean, if you look at Surfer Rosa from oh, 1988. Yeah. The flamenco dancer. The flam- the, Naked. The topless, topless right. flamenco so, dancer. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, you know, there's some religious imagery, and it just—I oh, I remember that somebody bringing that into class when I was when I was in college, and everybody just sat around and poured over it, and then borrowed it, and taped it onto a BASF cassette. Oh, <laughs> One person bought the album, and everybody else taped it. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, do little 1989, uh, you know, a year after that. And um, Simon, the one you mentioned is the Come On Pilgrim album, I think, isn't it? Come On yeah. Pilgrim, yeah, yeah, Come On Pilgrim was, yeah. was the first. That was the yeah. um, 
that was the EP. The, fl- the flamenco, that's, oh, that was the EP, was it? And oh, then right, the Surfer okay, yeah. Rosa, and yeah, then Surfer Rosa, Doolittle. Yeah. And apparently Doolittle was the first time that Vaughan Oliver, the graphic designer, and Simon Labarstier, the um, photographer, heard the lyrics in advance, so they were able to interpret oh, the right. music um, okay. more effectively. So the cover of Doolittle is referencing monkey, as the monkey as in monkey gone to heaven, and yeah. that's all about, and that's actually all about environmentalism. And numerology. So really? ahead of the game there. I didn't know that bit. Yeah. Bit of religion in there. Yeah, very good. Okay. Um, obviously, like if you get some big ones, I mean, are you gonna, you're not going to go for Abbey Road and all that stuff, are you? Okay, I'm going to say something really controversial here and you're not going to like this. But I'm not a big Beatles fan. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's so sad. I haven't Don't chosen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Again, Quick my nurse, bias. the screens. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So uh, Nirvana, I presume, obviously, yeah. Yeah, Nirvana. Again, you know, very much memorable album cover from 1991 the uh, the baby swimming naked towards a dollar dangling off a fish hook um, and then more famously Spencer Eldon the baby in the photograph yeah. has spent quite a time trying he to has. sue Nirvana yeah. he's been yeah. laughed out of court lately by the way yeah. for, for the final time I believe yeah, yeah. I mean but, seriously come uh, on but a great album great, yep. a great album great yeah. album so cover. Spencer come as you are come Actually, playing that reminds me of something. I have to play another one, a live Nirvana track later on the programme. I'll explain it later anyway. We'll just get back to a few of these here. I mean, obviously you could stay here for a year and talk oh, about all this years, kind of stuff. But you, you've picked certain types and categories. You've gone for 4AD as well as you've gone for Factory and all the rest. So, um, well, like, what about the Pandora music app? You've just been telling me about that. What is that yeah, exactly? Michelle Gondry, yeah. um, who's, who's made a lot of videos for uh, Bjork and Daft Punk. Um, in, in 2018, he did um, a promotional uh, video for Pandora, as you say, the music app. And he has a woman running through and around large scale 3D versions of classic album covers. So he brings the album covers to life and she interacts with them. So the soundtrack is Blue Monday by New Order. Um, and he starts with the uh, Doors Morrison Hotel and then he run and then she runs through Purple Rain, the Rolling St- uh, by Prince, the Rolling Stones Beggar's Banquet, Metallica Master of Puppets. Oh, the Nirvana. Master of Puppets album cover. That's the one of the kind of the crosses. With the crosses on yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Um, she also runs through... Um, uh, Devo, Freedom of Choice, um, Drake, Nothing Was the Same, The Cure of Forest, uh, David Bowie's Black Star, and uh, Joy Division's Unknown Pleasure. So that's that is a really well, interesting. And it looks good, does it? I must have looked. It looks yeah. great, yeah. yeah. And then at the end, you realise that this woman, she's uh, she's on a running track listening to music, and that's the that's the. All right. And that stays as is. It's not like they can change those images every six months or something. That I don't know because yeah. I don't know much yeah. about Pandora because yeah. I don't use no. it. Yeah. So I don't know. Much if you about had a favourite, let's just say you did have a favourite album cover, one that did it for you for whatever reason, <laughs> what would that be? Well, I, I suppose my favourites would be, you, you know, the, the Savile and, and the Vaughan yeah. Oliver stuff for, for 4AD and, and Factory. But the, the album, like I just saying to you there during the break, like my Desert Island disc is Johnny Cash at San Quentin. And it's a great album cover. So it's just an image of Johnny Cash on stage. Yeah, I've seen that kind of album cover of, on Bob Dylan stuff yeah. on, on collections. Oh, it's not the same, excuse me. No, no, the it's thing, very, no, well, it's actually <laughs> photographed by Jim Marshall, who did right. a whole load of photography through the 60s, 70s. Um, so he, like he photographed the doors the rolling stones yeah. virtually every hendrix everybody but i think it's it, again it's 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 one of those albums that it, reproducible at any size you recognize it and oh, it's yeah. very well that's really funny you should say that because it's the last 
four albums of which he's so famous to a whole new audience all that American volume yeah. one, two, three, four and the C-A-S-H at the top yeah. is very cool yeah. the white yeah. with the black yeah. and again easy to reproduce at small at small sizes right. um, and and you know I think those those later album covers were a little bit kind of blue notey in the way that they tr- they're kind of trying to capture the spirit of the f- performance yeah um, I mean, I know there's a million more. We could do all the Roxy Music album covers. Oh, I know. It was so hard to pick. So many. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. Um, If I had one, I, there was always one I liked was Blonde on Blonde. When you open Blonde on Blonde, it's a, yeah. a grainy picture of Bob Dylan mm. in, a, in a brown coat and mm. it's kind of pretty crap and it's perfect. Yeah, or the know. other one I was thinking of, Blondie, Parallel Lines. Oh, you see, you see, here we go. Like, all I can do is mention a word. Of <laughs> yeah. You haven't even mentioned the famous uh, prism and all the rest of it. That now, by the way, of, of Dark Boyd. Side of the Moon. Yeah. And the really weird thing is about uh, that is that that's like a huge T-shirt. They should be wearing that in Qatar at the moment because, yeah. it, you know, it could yeah. be taken up I for... I know you could interpret it in, yeah, in all exactly. sorts of yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, this, it's the light going, going through the prism and then comes out as a rainbow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and we like let's ask you Bruce Springsteen. Like I mean, you know, like born to run. Well, that's the one, I suppose. Yeah, yeah just in terms of just the a man home from work after a long day, kind yeah. of thing, thing with the cabin. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Blah blah blah. There's too much. <laughs> one of them that I like as well is Hegira by Joni Mitchell because. Um, it's a road album. It's mm. an album about being mm. on the road and even songs with road in the title and that. Mm. And like, it's just a picture of her looking really cool with with, with, with a highway going through her. Yeah, I mean, good. I think when you get an album that really sums up, sorry, an album yeah. that sums up what the mu- suite of music is about, what yeah, the artist is exactly. about, that's the, yeah. that's the gold yeah. standard. Yeah. And of course, she painted a lot of her own album covers too. Yeah. We didn't even go with David Bowie, did we? We didn't, it's, it's no. And, you know, Bowie and, yeah. and uh, Warhol, co- both coming from a background of advertising, I mean, yeah. they knew how to make a good image. Yeah, indeed, absolutely. Well, listen. Look, we could go forever. And we might just do it again. Then go. We might go more into the nineties and the and the noughties, etc. Linda King, it is senior lecturer in design and visual culture in uh, Dunleary Institute of Art and Design. Linda, thanks a million for dropping thanks, in. Thanks, Dave. Very Always good. a good pleasure. Luck. Take it easy. Thank you, Dave Fanning on Two FM.